Do a little search in your Bible. Go back to your concordance and look in the back, your index or whatever, and look up the word nice. <laughs> and you will not find the word nice in the Bible. Very brief exercise. <laughs> you will find the word love. Hello, this is Pastor John. And this is Pastor Tim. And this is the one and only Every Moment His podcast. Syndicated coast to coast. Coast to coast. <laughs> International. <laughs> yeah. And uh, we were on Thanksgiving break last week. Took a little break to eat some turkey. Yeah, that was great. Some cranberry dressing. What kind of pie did you guys have? Uh, we had a pumpkin pie, but it was a kind of a fiasco because it was frozen and we followed the directions, and it was still gelatinous in the middle, yeah. <laughs> wiggly. And so it was kind it's of a, a runny pie, so we actually had to put it back in and, and try it again. Did it work? Kind of. Yeah. We, um, we had, so my father-in-law made three pies for us, which is kind of the highlight. He made a, a sour cream raisin pie, which is kind of a Nebraska Sounds good. specialty. It was really good. And then a key lime pie, which is my favorite, and a chocolate pie. And so... The kids were pretty happy that there was a buffet of different pies to eat. Wow. It was awesome. Good. So Shout out to Dave. Yeah, thanks, Dave. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we're going to do a, a couple different things today. Uh, so something for everybody mm -hmm. on the episode today. We're going to briefly talk about what in the world is Advent and maybe help us to see Advent in a different light. Uh, then we're going to talk a little bit about your sermon on the Magnificat. That was kind of fun, by the way, singing that. My soul magnifies the Lord, yeah. and my spirit rejoices. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it just gets stuck right in your head. You know? And then the chanting, that was kind yeah. of fun. Yeah, it was fun. Freestyle. Yeah, this was, yes, who was that? This is the original form of rap, is yeah. the chanting style. <laughs> Ancient freestyle chant yeah. rap. <laughs> uh, and then, uh, yeah, and with that, I want to kind of talk about maybe, is it possible that we all have a God who is too nice? Okay. And maybe we might m see God in the wrong way sometimes. Uh, maybe through a nice, cushy American lens. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say so. We'll, we'll talk through we'll it. We'll talk through it. And then uh, we're going to start responding to some questions. We've been getting some questions. Uh, we've kind of pooled a couple different groups at church and said, hey, can you just give us some questions? And we're going to talk about a couple of them on the podcast today. One is is uh, is there a way to deeply pray and to know that eventually there will be an answer to the prayer? So okay. a question about prayer. And then how are we supposed to know what God calls us to do with our lives? So yeah. very uh, important very, questions. Yeah, functional kind of on the ground questions. Yeah, so yeah. and we're going to do that. Uh, starting right now. Starting right now. So uh, Before, so well, we do have a, a oh, joke, if joke, it's okay. Yes. All right. So... Uh, I got to think about it for a second. Um, so how did Rome get cut into two pieces? How? They used a pair of Caesars. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, a historical joke, you know? Yeah. Highbrow. <laughs> hey, what, uh, what concert costs only 45 cents? Uh, wait, what? Which concert? Uh, 50 cent 
followed by Nickelback. <laughs> yeah, nickel. You should get more money than a nickel for listening to Nickelback. Yeah, you should get paid <laughs> like uh, you could be like paid uh, injury money or something for <laughs> listening to Nickelback. Restitution. Restitution. Or, yeah, yeah, because yeah, Nickelback will. All right. Yeah. All right. Anyways, so Advent. You know, we were chatting about Advent a little bit uh, before the show, and Advent means coming uh, in Latin, right? Or arrival. Arrival, yeah. And uh, I think lately we've been thinking about Advent in a slightly different way. I think that Pastor James Deloach shared this with us, and it's kind of stuck with us. Uh, He's a smart guy. Yeah, so Mm -hmm. you want to share? Yeah, so... There's, it's helpful to talk about uh, a threefold arrival of Jesus. Yeah. So I, I have traditionally talked about it in a two-focus way, and that is we remember the arrival of Christ and we prepare ourselves along with the Old Testament people, even John the Baptist. We think about what does it mean that God's coming here? Mm-hmm. Um, the second is the second coming, right? We, yeah. we think about, okay, Jesus came once. He is going to come again. So yeah, so at one time, 2,000 years ago or so, he came in weakness, yeah. uh, born of the Virgin Mary, and then we're waiting for him to come again in power That's uh, right. at his second coming. So then James Deloche, Pastor James, he said there's kind of a threefold coming of Christ that we can focus on. So you want to fill us in on that third? Yeah, and so that is when the Lord comes to us in the means of grace, uh, th- those ways that he gives us his Holy Spirit. Uh, and that would be word and sacrament. So when we hear the word of God preached and studied and read, and when we receive the Lord's Supper, mm-hmm. um, those are the ways that Jesus even comes to us now. And so in between the first coming at his birth and the second coming of his, uh, the great and awesome day of the Lord, as it's said in the prophets, uh, there is this this coming that is continual, that Jesus continually comes and is present with us through his word and through the Lord's Supper, Holy Communion. Yeah, yeah. I, I like that. And I, I think um, this is one reason why I really like the liturgy surrounding the Lord's Supper in particular, because it kind of amps it up a little bit, you know, it kind mm-hmm. of uh, keys you in. You take a few minutes to say the prayers that the angels say around the throne of God, you know, and to recognize his presence among us. Yeah, it's a big deal. Yeah, it is. Something big is happening, yeah. And then even after the Nunc Dimittis, which we will talk about in this sermon series, is there's, you know, we have said, you know, we have seen the salvation. We can, mm-hmm. we can die in peace. We have seen the salvation with our own eyes. Yeah. And so Christians can say that every time there's the Lord's Supper and every time we hear his word. Mm-hmm. He comes to us. Yeah, and I want to issue just sort of a challenge to the congregation to be aware of where these different songs are in the scriptures that we're preaching on. So our sermon series during Advent, during these four Sundays, is Hymns of Hope. And there are these four songs in Luke chapter 1 and 2. And these are really significant. In fact, these songs or these uh, these words that have been given to us. In fact, in your Bible, you'll probably see that the the paragraph is indented. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit separate. It's like its own paragraph. Uh, these songs have been part of Christian worship from pretty much the beginning, the very early days of, of, of worship. And so we did the Magnificat, My Soul Magnifies the Lord, Mary's Song from mm-hmm. Luke chapter 1. This coming Sunday, we're going to do what's called the Benedict Thomas, did I pronounce that right? Benedict Benedictus. Thomas. Benedict. Benedictus. 
It's the Benedictus. Yeah. Okay. Or Benedictus, if you're from Texas. It's the Benedictus. There you go, y'all. <laughs> uh, and that's, that's Zechariah's song. Right. At the end of Luke chapter 1, where he, he has been silent for uh, a long time after the angel arrived, and he didn't believe the word of the angel, so the angel... Uh, took away his voice yeah. uh, for a season. Disciplined him. And yeah. then uh, you get the song of the angels, the glory be to God on high. Um, and then you're going to get the song of Simeon. Uh, o Lord, now let your servant depart in peace. Mm -hmm. Some of these songs might be really familiar to us from worship. Uh, and for some of us, they may not. And, and so uh, that's why we're preaching on them because... Yeah. They might not be familiar. Yeah, they're kind of like hidden treasures, you know, and if you grasp the significance, I mean, they just become sweeter and sweeter when you yeah. sing them because they're just so beautiful. Um, and that's, I think, one reason why we wanted to preach on this is just to show these beautiful expressions of faith and joy yeah. at the arrival of Jesus. Um, one so of the things, too, real quick, talking about Luke in particular, one of the interesting things about Luke is it's all centered around the temple. Oh, yeah. So the Gospel of Luke is really, it's actually telling us as readers that Jesus is the new temple. Mm -hmm. And so there's, you know, the, th the whole theme, a lot of the action happens at the temple. And one of the interesting pieces is that these songs, oftentimes they are, uh, well, where do, you, where, do you where do you sing? Or you sing at worship. You sing at the temple. And a lot of these songs are quoting the Psalms of Ascent which are psalms that would be sung on the way up to Jerusalem yeah. to interact with the temple. Mm. And so Luke is kind of writing this theme throughout, you know, like there's four songs. That's not an accident. And they're all reminding the people of God of what they would sing on the way to the temple. And now it's all about Jesus and his arrival. That's cool. I'd never it seen is. that before. And I guess it all makes sense that you have Jesus, well, Zechariah at the temple in Luke chapter 1. In Luke chapter 2, you got Jesus the boy at the temple. Yep. Uh, at the temple, Simeon uh, scoops up Jesus in his arms and sings that, that song, the yeah. song of Simeon. You get the Pharisee and the tax collector parable. They're both two men go up to the temple to pray. Yep. Uh, temples everywhere. And yeah. Jesus, in particular, he says to the disciples, all of these stones are going to be knocked down. Yeah, Because the they're temple. amazed at the temple's architecture, and he says not one of these will be laid on top. Hmm. And he also specifically says, tear down this temple and I'll rebuild it in three days. And it says in the Gospel of Luke, they didn't know, but he was talking about his body. Yeah, it's amazing. This is why it never gets old, you know, studying the scriptures. Oh, man. There's so yeah. much there. So, you know, one thought, just one nugget of thought that I took away from your sermon that I want to focus on briefly before we get to these other two questions is, you know, I wonder if sometimes our vision or our view of God is, is just a little too nice uh, that we have. And, and honestly, what comes to mind is if anybody's familiar with South Park, uh, the <laughs> kind of adult uh, cartoon comedy South Park, um, they have a Jesus character in, in South Park. And granted, it's kind of blasphemous, but if you can, can kind of watch it for a second and see the way they portray Jesus you kind of get a picture of the way that sometimes maybe non-Christians see Jesus. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of this kind of cute Christ. I mean, he's yeah. kind of like, a, it's Jesus and Pals yeah. is the name of it. He has like a TV <laughs> yeah. show, like a talk show called Jesus and Pals. Yeah. 
And, you know, the only thing I can really compare him to is he's kind of like Kip on Napoleon Dynamite. <laughs> yeah, he's just kind of like, hey, guys. You know, like. <laughs> just very meek. Jer just kind of a pushover. <laughs> he's kind of a. Yeah, inconsequential. Yeah, he's just kind of uh, sickly. <laughs> yeah. And, and I just wonder if sometimes we have this view of God where, like, we totally get God being, like, loving. We totally get God being merciful and gracious. But if we read those scriptures where God shows his wrath and heads roll. Yeah. <laughs> yeah do we right. have a God who judges Pharaoh and, and like, yeah. like, for example, Wipes I think. Wipes him out in the Red Sea. Like, uh, in one of the baptismal services that we do for baptisms, there's a prayer. And in that prayer, uh, we remember that God drowned hard-hearted hard -hearted <laughs> Pharaoh in his armies. It's yeah. like, whoa, that's crazy. But, I mean, let's talk about that a little bit. Uh, well, I think, um, well, I think that's one of the things that we could notice in Mary's song in particular. We think about Mary and we think about innocence, you know, and, yeah. and we have that kind of picture in our head of her with the, the infant Christ. But some of the things she says... Um, are really striking. Like cast down the mighty from their thrones. Yeah. Like, you know, scatter the, the proud and the imaginations of their yeah, hearts. Exactly. It's like, wow, this is intense. It is. Like, it's it's kind of warrior language, you know, fighting words is what I said in my in my sermon. And I think we need to we need to be able to embrace that as yeah. the truth. Um, and I, I think of it this way. Let's say that you were out on the playground at recess. And, you know, sometimes recess can get savage. Right. I mean, yeah. we've all <laughs> grown up, you know, it's in Lord elementary school. It's Lord of the Flies, yeah. right? You know? <laughs> Kid with the biggest stick wins. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, you know, like, uh, let's say, you know, you have a teacher who's out there supervising recess and there's a bully on the playground, right? Mm -hmm. uh, kind of like, uh, what's the name of those kids in uh, the Christmas story? Oh, yeah. Is that a, he has uh, yellow eyes. <laughs> I was thinking about uh, O'Doyle's. You know, remember the O'Doyle's from the Adam Sandler movies? Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, a bully. <laughs> Happy Gilmore? Yeah, if yeah. you can imagine a, a bully. Um, uh, Steve Farkas, <laughs> I think it's his name, <laughs> the Christmas story. Uh, and anyways, you know, you got these bullies who kind of twist your arm and take your lunch money. You know, if you've got a teacher on the playground supervising recess and just says, hey, guys, you know, kind of just stop it. Stop right. it, guys. That's not loving. That's a yeah. that's like abdicating authority. Like a really good teacher is going to intervene and like put a stop to that uh, bullying. And mm -hmm. in the same way, God, you know, God is out of His love. His character is loving, and so for His creation, He's going to intervene when the powerful prey on the weak. He will take yeah. the powerful. He'll give him a, a chance to repent. Remember how many chances he gave Pharaoh. to Pharaoh? He gave yeah. him all those plagues. Yeah. Which were all like chances to like, dude, repent. And eventually it came to a point where God said, if you're not going to let my people go, I, I will crush you. Yeah. <laughs> and he did, right? It's kind of like Liam Neeson. <laughs> I will find you. Yeah. I have a I particular set of skills. Yes. Well, I think there is a... So we don't want to overemphasize that, but right. we don't want to underemphasize it. And I think I, I can think of my own life, um, you know, especially even in university. <laughs> it's weird how you have these thoughts. It's just like my interactions with God are kind of inconsequential. Like I can take it or leave it. He's always kind of be there. And I don't... I Like I've learned enough and I just need to kind of figure things out on my own. 
And it's just kind of parking God in this kind of nice category without, he has no teeth, right? He has no ability to change things in my life or condemn or justify. Judge. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, But that's not what we see in the Bible. You know, the people of God and Jesus himself, you know, he talks about this judgment. I think the balance point is to know that his, his, prime primary nature is one of forgiveness right love mm-hmm. mercy grace which is the whole of creation right is these things um and the end but his alien work or his secondary work is rightfully condemning that bully <laughs> right yeah. or the the actions of the bully um, mm-hmm. so that they might repent and turn and be saved yeah and and so when yeah, when we look in the scriptures, we, we see this, this often, but we see it as God's secondary work. And so, for example, on the Mount Sinai, when God reveals the law to Moses, uh, Moses says to God, you know, show me your glory. And God reveals his name to Moses. He says, the Lord, the Lord, the gracious, the merciful, the compassionate, slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love to thousands but showing who will by no means clear the guilty. Right. Like, so, so you have all these descriptions of God being merciful and slow to anger. He's willing to forgive. That's his default set. But there is a certain point where if people resist God's will, then there will be a point of, of judgment. And God does that for the sake of his creation. God is not, God will not be ignored. <laughs> right. And so just a closing thought is do a little search in your Bible, go back to your concordance and look in the back, your index or whatever, and look up the word nice. <laughs> and you will not find the word nice in the Bible. Very brief exercise. <laughs> you will find the word love. Yeah. But nice is kind of a weak word. It is. And, and I think um, people are always complaining about God, you know, especially unbelievers. They'd say, why would God let this evil thing happen? He must not exist or he's not powerful enough. Well, mm-hmm. When God does show up to judge what's wicked, there it is. Like, what are you looking for? You know, yeah. he does show up and oppose wickedness. And yeah. his, right now, his just patience is enduring with his and, creation. And, and there will be a day, like, you know, where God will, like, nobody gets away with anything. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is if people don't come to God for forgiveness and grace, um, like, those who have victimized right will not just get away with it i think of the people who you know might like mass shooting and then they kill themselves like right right if there's no idea of god or final justice then that person just gets away with it that's right but in when we have an understanding of god as a god who is loving and also just that that you you don't get get away with those things you know god will call all things into account and we should just as we would long for that kind of justice in the world, we, we have a God who will provide that kind of justice. Um, in eternity. Eternity, yeah. And I, I like that, too, because this is such good news for the poor. Yeah. You know, and this is what Jesus says about himself in the Gospel of Luke, right? He yeah. says, I've come to proclaim the year of grace and mercy to the poor. Well, and I wonder if we were all persecuted Christians living in poverty, mm-hmm. if maybe Mary's song might mean a little bit more to us. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think, uh, you know, every once in a while I'll see these um, uh, really terrible instances of persecution in mm-hmm. Nigeria seems to be kind of a hot spot for this right now and other places throughout the world. And I think, what are those people praying for? 
Yeah. You know, those people are praying that God's justice would rush down like a river into their world. Um, and that's one of their primary prayers. We're fairly safe, fairly privileged, and so our prayers tend to be different. But if we're in a mm. victim status, man, it's good news that there's a just God. Yeah. And that's a good segue, I think, to the first question of two that we're going to address here. Uh, a question that we've been given here is, is there a way to deeply pray and to know that eventually there will be an answer to the prayer? And uh, I think I'd start just by acknowledging, you know, the heart behind that question, because I think we've all been there, maybe in a painful circumstance, maybe in a circumstance of longing and waiting for an opportunity or a life transition, hmm. uh, and just praying and asking God to to do something to in intervene and to hear us. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think um, that's a good question. You know, I think we should wonder and contemplate about prayer a lot and we should want to engage it. You know, Jesus tells us, commands us to pray, mm -hmm. invites us to pray to the Heavenly Father. So we want to pray. And then we also want to um, see what happens with our prayers. Yeah. So uh, maybe a bit of a practical advice, I would say, Try to find some way to be consistent with your prayers. So write them down or mm -hmm. a prayer journal. Because a lot of times we'll pray something and then we'll forget. <laughs> yeah, and then you'll get the answer and you don't even remember. Yeah, yeah, right. Or, you know, so I think tuning into what have I prayed and what has happened in my life. Mm -hmm. That's one thing. Uh, any other points you would, you would uh, give to them? Well, yeah, and, and so I, I think one thing that's helped me is to have a bigger picture understanding of prayer that a lot of the things that we're praying for are things that will only really be given to us completely uh, when, when Christ returns. And I think that that mm. allows our hope to be set correctly. And so there actually is a prayer that, that Jesus has given us that we can be completely assured will be answered both now and in the life to come, and that is the Lord's Prayer. And, and the Lord's Prayer, I think, is a really good indication of what God wants us to pray for and what he promises to provide. Yeah. And so, hallowed be thy name. You know, we want God's name to be glorified. We want his kingdom to come in us and in the world. We want his will to be done and not the will of, you know, the world, the flesh, and the devil. We, we need daily bread, God's provision. We need forgiveness and to forgive others. We need to be rescued from temptation and evil. And God has promised that he'll answer those prayers and they will be answered both now as God gives us his Holy Spirit, creates in us faith, makes us more like Christ, helps us to lead the Christian life. But then God will answer those things completely when the kingdom of God will come in power and when the will of God will be finally done, yeah. and, and when daily bread will no longer be a thing we have to ask for again and again. Yeah, and I think um, I like to push it into a, um, a relationship family framework because God is our father. Yeah. You know, I have kids, and, and I was a kid once, you know, as we all were. Um, you were a kid once, right? Yeah, I was. Briefly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but when I asked Dad for something, he might give it to me mm -hmm. if it's good for me. Yeah, if it's good for me. Yeah, he's not going to give me the chainsaw, you know, for Christmas. <laughs> or the when scissors I'm you can run with. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's not going to give me, you know, the, the Ferrari for my 16th birthday, um, mm -hmm. you know, but he might give me the things that I need. You know, he might give me, I, I promise he'll give you the forgiveness of your sins if you pray for that. 
Um, or the know. Holy Spirit, because Jesus yeah. says that if you ask for it, it will be given. Right. So, um, yes, God does answer prayers, especially those that are in, a, in line with his will. Mm-hmm. You know, so when we, Jesus says, you know, whatever you pray in my name will be given to you. Uh, he's, you know, well, what does that mean to be praying in his name? It means to be praying according to the salvation that God has poured out for the world. Yeah. And where he wants to ultimately take us, like you were saying. So we pray for the salvation of our, our loved ones. We pray for the forgiveness of our sins. We pray that God's spirit would fill us and that we would do his will. And that those answers will come. Yeah, and I, I would say if I'm interpreting this question rightly or the way that I've kind of felt this own question in my life is usually I've, I've wondered the same thing when it comes to daily bread kind of stuff. So, you know, like maybe you're praying for the gift of a spouse or maybe you're praying for the gift of a new job or you're praying for the gift to be, you know, saved from some kind of an affliction or a suffering or maybe the healing of a loved one. And, and, and I think that those are definitely good prayers to pray that we should pray because we want to bring all of our desires to God and have them be shaped by Him. I think we just have to recognize that the waiting time that God might give us, and even at times God's no answer, um, only flow from His goodness. Because if we don't understand that, we might throw up our hands and say, to heck with prayer, and this doesn't work. And maybe even God isn't there. Mm-hmm. And um, But I know as a father that I want to give my kids a lot of good gifts. But I'd say about three quarters of what they ask for. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, like I've been, it's Christmas time, you know, coming up. And so my kids are always asking for things that I think that they really think they need. Yeah. Uh, and that I don't think it's time. Like yeah. when your kids want a phone. <laughs> yeah, like right. You don't need a phone. Um, yeah. M- next year you can have a machete. Yeah. I literally kids asked me for a machete <laughs> recently. Oh, really? A, machi- yeah. a machete? A machete, yeah. Right. They were into pocket knives, and we went to look at them, and there was a machete for like 20 bucks. I'm like, I can get can we that. have it? <laughs> okay. Maybe um, next Christmas. <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah, so, <laughs> let's get uh, that to that last question let's here. The last one is, how are we supposed to know what God calls us to do with our lives? And... Uh, yeah, wow, that's, that's a question that I think mm. plagues us and because we kind of wonder, am I doing God's will? And what's, my po- what's the point of my life? <laughs> yeah, what's the point of my life? Existential question. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, man. And, and yeah. Just a warning here. The, the answer we're going to give may not be all that exciting. Yeah. But it's good. <laughs> it's, it's a really good answer. Well, I think. I think when people ask this, you know, they're maybe looking for like a supernatural sign, yeah. a meteor in the sky or, you know, an angel tapping them on the shoulder to yeah. apply at Subway or, you know, go to a certain college class. Or marry a certain person. Right. And hopefully they get the same sign. You know? Yeah. Actually, you told me an Augustine quote recently, uh, love God and do as you please. Yeah. Does that yeah, shine any light on this for us? I think so, because, okay, so let's go to the scriptures. What am I supposed to do with my life? Well, if you, what would be interesting is if you looked up the word will in the Bible, the will of God, that phrase, will of God. If you go on a Bible website, you can usually search that phrase. And, and so off the top of my head, I can tell you a few things that, that I know is God's will for you. Um, it is the will of God that that all who believe in the Son, Jesus Christ, would be raised at the last day. Yep. This is the will okay, of my this Father. This is the will of God, yeah. yeah that, that, that 
we would not perish, but that we would believe on his son. And so really just kind of basic level is that God's will for you is that you would have faith in his son, Jesus Christ, and receive eternal salvation. Uh, I can think of First Thessalonians where it says, and this is the will of God for you, your sanctification, mm-hmm. uh, meaning that you'd be made holy. And he's speaking there kind of really in reference to sexual sins, kind of mm-hmm. that, he, mm-hmm. that you'd have sexually pure and decent life, as we, we say in the catechism. Uh, and, and, and so the will of God is that you'd keep God's commandments, that you'd be holy. Uh, or go back to Deuteronomy chapter 6, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart. Yeah. And then in Leviticus 18, love your neighbor as yourself. Or Leviticus 19, sorry. Yeah. Um, really, so I think that God gives us a ton of freedom as Christians where, you know, sometimes we're even faced with hard decisions like, yeah. do I go to this college or that college? Or do I marry that person or this person? And sometimes the answer is yes. Right. <laughs> you know? Well, yeah, it's, a, it's like um, what has God revealed about the way nature works, the way creation works. And I think the language of vocations is useful. Yeah, your callings in life. Yeah, I think one of the first steps, you know, how do I know what to do with my life is to know, know yourself. And know mm-hmm. the giftings that God has given to you and know that you don't have all giftings. Right. So th- look to the created reality, you know, um, I'm not going to be a basketball star. Nope. <laughs> you would be for me, but I, it's <laughs> yeah. totally not going to happen. Not going to happen, right? So, yeah. and also, you know, you have to kind of be willing to experiment a little bit, you mm-hmm. know. Yeah. Are, are you good at math? Do you love words? Um, do what you love, you know. Become fascinated by those things that, that uh, you're good at. And then th- start to think, how might I use what I'm good at to serve the world? Yeah, effectively a a phrase that is helpful for me in the past has been to the glory of god and for the good of others Mm -hmm. so let me kind of assess my opportunities and my limitations let me assess my my resources let me assess my giftings and lack of giftings um and and my place in life and having assessed all those things, let me do whatever is to God's glory and whatever is to the good of others. So if I am, you know, in high school and I'm thinking about going to college, but I don't know if I have enough money, pray about it, go get that job at Subway. Yep. And, um, you know, that's an opportunity in that position to glorify God by being the best sandwich artist Totally. Ever. It's a, it's a complex business, you and know, then running any business. You can love your neighbor that mm-hmm. way. You know, Jesus says if you're faithful in little things, then yeah. you'll become entrusted with bigger things. Yeah. And so really I think that if we just have this sense of contentment with where God has placed us and whatever God has for us in the future, uh, using our gifts and talents, I think that sometimes we get so stressed out about this question because we're looking at social media maybe and seeing like, uh, oh, my friends I graduated with. Man, that person is making the big bucks. Right. And you know, brand new car, nice Wrote clothes. Wrote a book. Yeah. Living the dream. <laughs> Wrote the American novel already. <laughs> yeah, just all the good stuff. And we're like, yeah. well, my life's kind of boring. Well, yeah, I think, I think it's those little, little things. Um, I would say God's will for your life ultimately is not like a narrow path. Yeah. I've got to be careful when I talk this way because faith is a narrow path. But 
It's not like a binary, oh, you missed your turn, you're done. Yeah, like, you know, I missed God's will in high school, and so right. I guess I'm kind of toast. So now, <laughs> yeah, now the rest of my life is done. But it's more like a buffet. Yeah, there you go, like you a know? buffet. Yeah, it's like, here's, look at all these beautiful things in creation. Mm-hmm. Now do what, according to God's will and love for you, Ten Commandments, the instruction of the scriptures, find which way you can best love your neighbor. Yeah. And rejoice, and know that, God will bless you whatever path you take if it's uh, in his in his will. So like when I say that, there's some things you maybe wouldn't do, right? You wouldn't yeah. become a scam artist for a living. Yeah, like if you wanted to become like, <laughs> Don't do you that. know, like sell drugs or something. Right, or, you know, or even if you just become so gluttonous with your video games that your life is kind of put on hold. It's like, well, don't let yourself fall into those kinds of pits. Yeah. Um, Look for ways to actively serve your neighbor and, and go for it and delight in it. Yeah. So in closing, um, I would just add this thought that I think that some of the popular contemporary Christian language about God's will uh, has the potential to tie our guts in knots. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is we hear, you know, well-meaning Christians who are very much using the language of, uh, you know, it's just God's will for me that I do this. This is God's calling on my life. Like, I just feel like the Spirit's leading me in this direction. And okay, maybe, but it could have been what you ate for breakfast, you know. Uh, <laughs> I mean, really, I mean, we don't have any sure and certain guarantee that God is telling us to do one thing or another necessarily just by inner impressions right? and, and looking for signs. I mean, if God wants to tell you something... <laughs> Uh, I think he's big enough to let you know. Yeah. So I don't think that we should go on these like kind of deep dives in our heart or in our feelings trying to like right. figure out what am I supposed to do because um, it can become yeah. kind of almost destructive sometimes we, or oh, paralyzing. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, so I think like, look, uh, for the spouse question, it's like, are you looking for a spouse? Here's a sign from God. Are they at the communion rail with you? <laughs> Yeah, There's a sign person, from God. <laughs> is this person a Christian? Yeah. I mean, is that person worshiping the Lord yeah. and believing his words? Go for it. <laughs> yeah. Give awesome it choice. Yeah. And that person might say no. Yeah. And God's will will be done. Yeah. All right. Well, that was a fun question. Hopefully it's useful. Also, I'll just say, you know, as your pastors, whoever this question has come from, hey, hit up your pastor. Shoot an email to one of your pastors and we can help you discern through this yeah prayerfully so cool good questions yeah and you know we'll have some questions next week too awesome all right all right god's peace